Welcome to the Rural Realities Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. I'm Karen Endress, Farmer Wellness Program Coordinator in the Wisconsin Farm Center at the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. And I'm Penn View, professional speaker and coach. We are here today to talk to you about unhelpful default settings. Before we get started, I know how hard it can be out on the farm. My husband, Randy, farms with his two brothers and their families. That's awesome, Karen. And for me, my uh, background in farming uh, started with my grandparents. My mother grew up on the farm, and I had the opportunity to spend summers and a few winters out at the farm. So uh, farming is definitely near and dear to my heart as well. Let's get started. Tell me a little bit. What are these unhelpful default settings? Yes, it's going to be fun. So last time in our last podcast, Karen, we talked a lot about how your mind creates your life and how to establish that positive mindset. And today, what we're going to talk about is what I affectionately refer to as your brain's unhelpful default settings. I mean, (laughs) it sounds kind of funny, doesn't it, when you say it out loud? Right. I mean, how do we get these default settings? I'm typically a positive person, but I feel like I do have some of these. Yeah. yeah. And the good news is you're not alone, and I'm so glad we're talking about it. So unhelpful default settings are simply this. It's the way your brain is hardwired to keep you alive in the wilderness. So as hunters and gatherers thousands of years ago, Karen, these were great survival mechanisms. They kept us alive, but in modern day, they get in our way. They're going to cause you carrying things like stress, fatigue, resentment, cause you get off track really quickly. Sounds like some of the things you were describing to me earlier. Is that correct? That is correct. I mean, you're saying those words, right? Stress, fatigue, resentment. I don't know about all of you out there, but I feel those sometimes. Oh, 100%. And so what I want to do, there's three in particular that I want to talk about today in the interest of time that it's really great when we know about them, we can start to get our mind working for us versus against us. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to dive on in, Karen. That would be great. I'm ready to understand a little bit more about this and figure out how can I change that in my life? Awesome. Okay, everyone, the first way in which your brain has an unhelpful default settings from thousands of years ago is that whether you know it or not, your brain overemphasizes negative inputs and underemphasizes positive inputs. And Karen, what this lovely unhelpful default setting does for us, it makes us hypersensitive to all the negative things that happen in our life and basically want to dismiss the positive. I mean, can you personally relate to any of this in your life? Have you ever encountered this, perhaps? Definitely. I think about life on the farm, right? Because we're here talking to farmers today, and all those negative things, maybe it's in the grand scheme of things, it's one sick calf, right? Or one broken part on a piece of equipment. But that's what I think about all the time or my I just start spinning and going back to that why is that yeah exactly you focus on it over and over again and and here's even I'll explain why it's happening but even take it to this level what about when you have that wonderful evening with your significant other and it's just it's just delightful as all can be and then all of a sudden there's one piece of feedback on what you could have done differently and the next morning you wake up and what are you thinking about Karen 
That one negative thing. <laughs> yes, you had a wonderful evening with your spouse. So here we go. Why is it happening, everybody? It's because in the wilderness, the negative input isn't some feedback from a spouse. It isn't a sick calf. It's not a broken part on your equipment. The negative input, Karen, is a hungry grizzly bear or a saber-toothed tiger that wants to eat you. <laughs> right? <laughs> That doesn't sound great. I would definitely wake up to something like that and want to run. Yes. And so that negative input, yes, that's a survival mechanism. That's a good day. But I believe what's happened, though, Karen, in my heart of hearts, and this is sad, but I believe as a result of this unhelpful default setting, we actually live in a culture of negativity. Do you agree with me? I agree with you 100%, right? Think about our newscasts. I recently saw some someone break down a newscast and they talk about all the bad news, all the negative. If you watch, pay attention. They always end with a positive story. And that was really interesting to me. They're trying to get you to flip, but when you've had 25 minutes of negative, <laughs> really, how are you supposed to remember that one positive story? Exactly. We definitely want to be talking about our mental inputs because that has a huge impact. And to that point is that when, you, when you're always constantly focusing on those negatives, that's not a good day for anybody. We all know that. And so here's, here's some great advice that it was given to me because I know that that culture of negativity exists and it's not just the media, Karen. I mean, if we're honest, we see it at the farm. We see it with our families. We even see it at places of worship. It's out there. It's all over the place. And so I got this great advice that I really, I want to share with everybody because I think it's awesome. I was in my early twenties and one of my great mentors, his name is James Johnson. He came to me and said, Hey Penn, you know what? He said, you don't want to get in the habit of randomly sharing your problems with people. He, he did say this, and I want to make sure I overemphasize this. He said, Karen, definitely have your own personal board of directors. So if I think about Randy and you, that probably makes some sense, does it not? I mean, people like, who would that be? Uh, your veterinarian, your accountant. Uh, who else can you think of, Karen? Your attorney. You can think of your spiritual leader, maybe someone you're close to. Other parents, if you're work talking about your children's problems. Maybe there's that one that you really respect their opinion because you have the same values. Exactly. So you go to that one just to bounce some things off of. But it's definitely like that idea. And as we think about the farm too, putting together that board of directors. I know with my husband, he has that one fellow farmer, fellow friend yes. who he goes to with all of that because yes, he's going to empathize with them. But then he's going to help them brainstorm for the solution. Exactly. They'll get solution-oriented together. And that's why it has to be that, that personal board of directors, the people who you really trust. And also consider that for your relationships. When you do have a marital spout, who are you willing to talk to? And it shouldn't be everybody. That's for sure. We definitely don't want to be complaining about the people we love most. And so this is the advice he gave me, Karen. I love it. He said, Penn, he said, just don't randomly share your problems with people because there's an 80-20 rule for that. He said to me, Penn, 80% of the people if they're just random people, they just truly don't care. Is that correct? Like, they don't care. They got their own problems, yes? Correct. Yeah, for sure. And then he said this, Karen, the other 20%, they're kind of happy you have them. <laughs> That's right. And, Penn, I want to challenge everyone listening to us. Write down who are those top five people in your life with your farm business that you will go to 
to have that listening ear to get a little bit of empathy, but then to help you problem solve. Right now, take out that pen and paper and write down who are those people. Okay, now that you've had a chance to press play again, we're back together. So to Karen's point, what I want to close with is that since your brain naturally overemphasizes the negative inputs, here's your key takeaway to combat that. I'm going to suggest this for everybody. Become the most positive person in the room. Right? Be that person. And Karen, I'm sure you know this person. Just think about this. There's at least one person in our life when he or she walks in the room. And just by them walking in, you can start to feel their energy. It's almost effervescent. It's this really cool experience. Like they walk in and you just immediately get a smile. Do you know some of those people in your life? Oh, I definitely do. And I could maybe be looked at as one of those to many people. Yes, you are. And then also, do you know those same people where like, you know, you're just super happy, like as soon as they leave the room, you know, those people as well? Absolutely. (laughs) And I think this is a great time for everybody to think about that. And for me, I've had to at times, although I'm that positive person, retrain. Before I pick up the phone to make that phone call to one of my board of directors, or maybe it's even one of my friends, Think about what am I going to lead with in our conversation? Am I going to lead with something negative that happened to me today or change it up? Lead with something positive and see where the conversation goes. Absolutely. And there's a qualifier, everybody. When I say to be like Karen Endress or Penview, be the most positive person in the room, the qualifier is this, without being obnoxious right correct correct. yeah because nobody likes that person right karen how you doing super duper if i was any better i'd be twins they're not problems they're just situations and opportunities right you all know some of those people and (laughs) i really try to balance it right and that's by resetting that default of negativity just try it you know someone's gonna pull in to your farm and they're going to get out. And instead of telling them about that sick animal that you're really frustrated because you don't know how it happened, think about something else to start the conversation with. And I bet you'll get to that because you do want to help problem solve maybe, or maybe it's your vet. But if even if you start with the positive, it's going to change the trajectory of where that's going. 100%. And then you get to those solutions. So if you're writing this down, the most positive person in the room is defined this way. This is how Karen lives every day of her life. First of all, she's very genuine. But then three characteristics. Show up being happy. Show up with some energy. Do you want to be there or not? And then show up being solution-oriented. Happy, energetic, solution-oriented, sincere people win every time. So that's the first unhelpful default setting. Uh, Karen, I'm going to dive right into the second one in the interest of time here. So your second unhelpful default setting is that your brain is easily distracted by the urgent matters at the expense of the important matters. You got it. And what that means is that what this unhelpful default setting will do for us is it'll actually distract your attention from what it is that you're currently focusing on to what just popped up in front of your face, whether it's really important or not. And a great example of this is uh, for all of us in modern day, it's the text message, it's the email, it's the instant message, it's the phone rings, it's squirrel. Right? That's absolutely right. How many of you can think of a time 
on the farm, you're up in your office because you have to get some checks written. You have to get your payroll out. All these things that you have to get done. But that phone call comes in and you switch gear and now all of a sudden you're thinking of the problem. You've taken your focus away from something that's really important to your business and you're chasing something else down the trail. And it's really, really hard. I find myself doing it all the time. It's so hard to turn things off. I sometimes block my calendar. Yes. So that people won't call me or won't try to to do a meeting because I need that time to focus on something more important. And scheduling a personal appointment with yourself is very productive. That's your hour to stay engaged in whatever activity it was. But think about this. In the wilderness, the person that's more aware of those urgent matters, it's a survival mechanism. Because Karen, play along with me, okay? Imagine this. You're getting chased by a hungry grizzly bear in the woods, Karen. When does that bear want to eat you, right? Now. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're not going to get a Google Calendar request, an Outlook Calendar request. Hey, Karen, can I come over next Monday for lunch and eat you? <laughs> Absolutely not. I hope and not. And <laughs> I, I think if we all think about our farm businesses and those things popping up, think about the weather. Yes. That's so not nice to us, right? Yes. You wake up. Snow wasn't predicted, and all of a sudden you have snow to move and things to do before you can start your actual work that day. So these things do pop up, and some of them, yes, need urgent attention, right? If I'm being chased by a bear, that's the most important thing to me (laughs) at that moment. So we do have those things that happen to us all day. But we also, as Penn talked about, need to have personal time for ourselves to work on those things that matter to us and that we value for our business, and that can keep our business moving in that positive direction. Totally. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to get off track? Oh, yeah. Have you ever, (laughs) does anybody else do that? Hey, can I have one minute? (laughs) Do you know right now that that's 30 minutes? Exactly. And what else is just funny right now is I asked, hey, do you know how easy it is to get off track? I'm guessing there might have been a few listeners who are like, Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I missed that. (laughs) Exactly. It's exactly. You know, I think one of the things we really need to think about is having a plan. We do. And so here's a, here's a takeaway from this unhelpful default setting. Always wanted to go to those urgent matters to put out those fires. It's, it's really easy and wildly effective, but you want to do it. And this is, this is it on the weekend. I know we're all working seven days a week. But on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, just take a deep breath. Take some you time and by yourself, have a meeting with just yourself. Maybe it's only a half hour, but really think about over the next week what has to get done. And then maybe think about what you might want to get done, but what has to get done, get that on your calendar. And then the second thing that's really important is once you plan out your week, at least have an idea of where you're going because you will get interruptions every day, make a list of what I refer to as your daily big six. But those are the six most important things that you're going to accomplish that day. It prevents you from having that day in which you feel like you're totally exhausted, but you have no idea what you accomplished. It prevents that from happening. Just a little time on the weekend, planning out your week, and then each morning getting really clear about what has to happen that day will boost your productivity, your energy levels. You'll be much happier with doing those simple techniques. Can you see how you apply that in your life, Karen? I could definitely apply that. And I think farmers can apply that because I see it too from the family perspective, right? 
if we plan out that week and I look down the schedule and think, oh, one of my kids has a practice at this time. Who's going to drive? One of my kids has a concert this week. Is everybody going? It's so important that we do make that plan because that will allow you to schedule in not only what's important to your business, but what's important to you and your family and how can you help out? Because I'm sure there's a lot of farmers out there listening and they've heard it from people in their family before. You're never around. You don't pitch in on this. And so just for your whole family relationships, having that plan makes everyone happier, content. And you can say, I have an employee meeting that night. I can't drive. You've already alerted people, not the hour before, but you've alerted them days before so they can take that information in and deal with how that situation is going to be handled. So couldn't say it better myself. Penn explained it. Awesome. You have to take the time at the beginning of each week and make a plan. And then the third unhelpful default setting, Karen, uh, whether we know it or not, your brain is going to crave safety. Uh, We can call it comfort, familiarity over making progress. So your brain's always going to choose safety over making progress. And, And I think how this ties in is that logically speaking, Karen, I think we all want this next year to be better than the current year. Like logically speaking, do you agree with that? I agree. Why do you think we all try to make New Year's resolutions, right? I mean, how many of us try to do that and within a week or two, boop, not working for us, but it makes sense, right? We all want to try to improve. And so we take that start of a year to do that. But what about the start of a week? The start of a day? Those are more easy to handle because they're not giant. These are little things. Exactly. And from that brain's perspective, from a biological perspective, your brain is always going to choose the option that keeps you safe over making progress if the two are not the same. And and this is the last time we'll talk about this on our podcast. But if you live in the wilderness, it's a great survival mechanism because as a hunter and gatherer thousands of years ago, you lived in the same 10-mile geographical footprint. I mean, that was it. You just stayed put. And the reason why you did it is because it kept you alive. And in that situation, if there's predators, remember, you don't have to be the fastest, Karen, right? No, (laughs) absolutely not. You just can't be the slowest. So in that situation, we can see what's unhelpful default setting is very, very valuable. But there's a modern manifestation of that, and it's called your comfort zone. And Karen, I know you're a very intelligent woman, so are you familiar with your comfort zone? I am, and I tend to like to stay there, maybe (laughs) a little too much. And we all feel that way. And again, even when I said earlier, everybody wants next year to be better. What if I had a record-breaking year? Those people still want to continue to improve. So here we go. Uh, What happens then is that with with having that comfort zone, What that creates is a situation in which people get stuck. And I really want to make sure everybody who's listening right now, even if you had your best year ever, right now I'm talking to everybody in the room because this is where I see people get stuck, right? Because if you're going to be at the top of your game, I would make the argument that you're going to have to get a little uncomfortable. Is that right? Like if you're going to be at the top of your game professionally, spiritually, financially, emotionally, 
physically, like you're going to have to take a little bit of risk to get there. Is that true? Yeah. And you're going to have to get uncomfortable. Exactly. And this is where I see the best of the best get stuck. And you know why, Karen? No, I don't. Why? Because they don't know they're stuck. They don't know. The conscious mind doesn't know you're stuck. Because they're comfortable. Totally. Nobody wakes up on New Year's Day and says, I want to be equally broke, equally stressed out, and equally poor health. I really hope this year is just as lousy as last year. I mean, does anybody do that that you know of? Nope, not at all. We all try to improve. But I think sometimes we either do one of two things. We either want to get better, but yet stay in our comfort zone, or we want to get better, but we take too broad of approach. Correct. You want to narrow it down in bite-sized approaches. So the best advice I can give you to overcome this unhelpful default setting is simply learn to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's great advice. And I think as we look at our farm businesses and we look at our families, how can we do that? What needs to change? And don't change it all at once. I mean, we talked about, right, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, those are a lot of things. How about we just take one, one step at a time, and we look, and maybe some of those are intermixed, and we look, but what's one small goal? I really like going back to that last takeaway of planning for the week. A week is a small thing that we can all wrap our arms around, and you're going to have successes and failures, right? You're going to stick to your schedule at times, and you're not going to because we're going all the way back to the other key takeaway, right? We're going to get caught, yes, and we're going to pick up that first buzz, and it's going to distract us from what we're doing, but that doesn't mean you have to start over. Exactly. Because I think that's where we go wrong. Blew it. Yeah. Done. No, you just have to take a step back and regroup and then set an intention. How can I get back on track? Yes, exactly. And and I think as you take this one step further about being comfortable, getting uncomfortable, is that we really want to remind ourselves is that, you know, these unhelpful default settings, the bad news is they're going to keep showing up over and over again. They just keep happening until we do something about them. And this is a really key takeaway, everybody, because we forget about this. We are not a robot. We are not a machine. We've been given this really cool ability to make choices as human beings. And as Karen has alluded to, it's not always the easy choice. It definitely isn't. But at the end of the day, when we get really clear about what's most important to us, we're able to do that. So we're able to make those choices. So let's just think about what are the choices we want to make to recap. One, we want to be the most positive person in the room. Two, we want to take time to plan out our weeks as well as our day. And three, we want to learn to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Karen, I got to tell you, this has been a great use of my time. Has it been a great use of your time? It's excellent. And I'm going home and I'm writing those five big things on my daily list. Because I have to tell you, I've been a little distracted, and I really need to bring that focus back in on my big five. Yes. And I need to see where am I going, chart that way, and how am I going to get there? And I think if we just look at it in smaller pieces, look at our farms, what do we need to do? And there's a lot of resources out there for farmers, but sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes make that one phone call and help get some clarity 
from an outside source. Exactly. Get unstuck quickly. I have one final story for you to really remind everyone the importance of taking action now. Okay, and here it goes, Karen. I know our audience, so let's just say a farmer goes out to the field in springtime, and the farmer, let's just say he in this case, plants corn. So come harvest time, Karen, there's going to be some things that grow in that field, correct? There's going to be what? Corn. And? Weeds. Weeds, exactly. Now, we all know this as well. If the farmer does nothing about the weeds, which one's going to grow more aggressively, the weeds or the corn? The weeds. The weeds, exactly. And here's a key takeaway. Did the farmer plant the weeds or did they just show up all on their own? Oh, they just showed up. All on their own, right? And if you're paying attention to this analogy, it's your unhelpful default settings. They're going to show up all on their own. And you're going to need a system in place to manage that. You're going to want to be mindful of who you're hanging out with. What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching? All has influence as to your mindset and the planning out your week will boost your productivity, your energy levels. You'll be much happier with doing those simple techniques. I'm so happy we could be with you and you took the time to listen to this podcast and really work on your unhelpful default settings. The Wisconsin Farm Center with the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection provides a variety of services to farmers and farm families across Wisconsin including financial consulting, transition planning, conflict mediation, veterinary diagnostic analysis, a farmer wellness program, and more. For additional info, you can call the Wisconsin Farm Center toll-free at 1-800-942-2474 or email them farmcenter at wisconsin.gov. Also, the website address is datcp.wi.gov. Also, if you're experiencing depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, or just need a welcoming ear to talk to, call the free and confidential 24-7 Wisconsin Farmer Wellness Helpline at 888-901-2558 to talk with a stress counselor anytime. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Rural Realities Podcast.